Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Summer is unofficially here, citizens. What is going on? Another edition of New Amsterdam Radio coming right at you the podcast for creative thinkers and doers. It is I, the mayor, in the mayor's office. Uh, as always, I would say, even though I can say this, I got a bonus episode coming for you this week uh, with Libby D, where I actually am not in the mayor's office. That would be kind of a cool change. Uh, but it's not about that. Today, we're hanging out with comedian and actress Jennifer Gable, who's been making the rounds in the L.A. comic scene. In fact, she was ranked by Vulture as one of the comics to watch. But before we get into all of that stuff, can I give it up? Give you guys a round of applause for checking out New Amsterdam Radio, making it part of your podcasting diet. I know you have so many uh, shows you can tune into. The fact you tune into New Amsterdam at newamsterdam.com means the world to me. You already know, proud sponsor of the Orlando Aces Florida Grid team. As I'm recording this, the first match of the season is next week with the other teams in the league. So the Orlando Aces will not be a part of it, but, you know, they're gearing up to have their own heat soon. So make sure you check them out over on social media. Florida Grid is CrossFit, but it's a whole different spin on it. And New Amsterdam Radio and New Amsterdam Entertainment is a proud sponsor of that. And also a proud sponsor. Speaking of sponsors, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is how what I do, what I use if I want to get tickets to all the concerts and sporting events nationwide. I use SeatGeek. In fact, I just came back from Chicago uh, when I went to go see the Cubs and the White Sox play, and I use SeatGeek. And you can too. Use promo code FLOBITO. That's F L O B I T O for twenty dollars off your first order. That's twenty dollars off. That's a whole lot of cash. For using Seat Geek and tell them Flopito sent you F L O B I T O. Good things are happening in the summer. I'm being able to travel a little bit more to see the country and get some more inspiration for my future projects. What are you working on? Make sure you hit me up over at New Amsterdam on Instagram and at new underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter as well. I would love to hear more about your creative projects. And hey, send them along. Maybe I might give you some tips, tricks, and notes if you want. But enough of that. It's now time for my chat with comedian and actress Jennifer Gable. Welcome back to the way I'm Sam Reed, the podcast of creative thinkers and doers. And as I, the mayor, Flobo Boys, in the mayor's office, hang with people who are doing the damn thing. And my guest on this episode has done the thing. In fact, we shared the stage a couple times in the comedy scene in Southern California, but that's only a slice of what she does. So, an actor, producer, and so much more. Please welcome Jennifer Gable. How's it going? Hi, it's going good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I mean, you are a big get. I had asked you to be on the show about a year ago. And I, I did to be not on it. see the message. I get like, mess- sometimes they get hidden, but then I saw it again. So Yeah, so it happens when you're in demand, yeah. right? Uh, uh, 2023, you seem to be everywhere doing the thing. Oh, uh, what- I'm trying, you know, yeah. Yeah, what's that like though? I mean, coming out of a pandemic, I mean, just yeah. having things ramp up and everything like that? You know, it's interesting. Um, I did. Uh, thank you so much for telling me this was a podcast, by the way. I did a few podcasts over COVID and someone booked me on a show and I thought it was like a stand up show, but it was like a podcast. And I, oh. <laughs> I just came on, oh, we're doing a podcast. OK, cool. 
I was like in my car filming, so that was awkward. Anyway, um, but I'm here in my lovely future home. No, I love this. I love this virtual background. This is great. Like, but yeah, yeah I booked a lot of I booked a lot of Zoom shows because um, I didn't have to touch anyone, so that was good. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I actually I booked like international shows, which was cool, like uh, like a Canada show and then like a European show. So just kind of like, see, I grew up in an alcoholic household, so I'm I'm used to like thriving in chaos. Um, yeah. So it's been good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> even before the pandemic, like I felt like I was a neat freak before with the microphone, mm-hmm. but now even more, I'm like, mm, <laughs> you know. You uh, kind of, so. I mean, as far as you, it, you know, it's interesting times we're living in, like you kind of have to watch what you say now, but at the same time, it's like, what is canceled? There's no such thing as, like, no one's really getting canceled. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, are they? They are and they're not, but yeah, like I feel like um, my writing kind of like, I mean, I I'm, I love writing. So I, I write daily. I just kind of like, like I'm at, so I'm addicted to my phone and social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on all the, the channels and stuff. And I just like, I just like love seeing what's going on in the world and like interacting with people. And I think all that kind of fuels my creativity. And there's so many topics now to talk about and to, to joke about, you know, so it's, it's a pretty great time for comedy. I feel like so many people want to be comedians now, which is like annoying, but also good. <laughs> like it's great. It's, yeah. Yeah. So for the record, I was referring to the actual germs of the physical microphone, but you had a good point about the cancel culture, expressing yourself. Has that germs. evolved for you during the overall your career? I mean, we went through a time where it was kind of like, watch what you say. Now it's like a backlash to watch what you say. Just do your thing. How's that been uh, affecting your approach? Yeah. I mean, I, I went viral on Twitter. I don't know if you caught that for an edgy joke I wrote and it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, but it was kind of cool. Like I, I wrote the joke knowing I'm like, this is kind of edgy, but I didn't, I didn't expect it to go viral like it did. And I don't know. So I actually turned on. So now I, I didn't even realize you can like, um, so basically nobody can respond to my Twitter. So it's kind of like blocked. So I, I mean, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't block it and go viral again, but, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Like, um, people are just fighting nonstop politically online. It's just like kind of never ending. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, so sometimes I engage in it to a point. Sometimes I just, it's like, I don't have time for it. So I just, I don't respond, you know? So. And you're originally from the East coast, correct? Like correct. Uh, East Washington, coast. DC, I grew up. Yeah. Like proper or on the Maryland side? Doesn't matter. You know, I, just outside of DC, Alexandria, Virginia is where I was. Okay. Born. Yeah. Respect. And then you had that both uh, the coast sensibilities, right? The East coast living in spirit. You're out here in the West coast. Is it true what they say though about the regional differences of comedy or is kind of like, if you're I funny, think so. funny. Yeah. You know, I was in New York for a year doing stand up, and I, and I think kind of there, there is a difference. There is, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I miss Manhattan. I actually want to go back there and do comedy some more. I, I love New York city comedians. I feel like, it's it's they're they're a little more talented than LA. I mean, it's a different vibe, and it's more about the art there. And um, so I, I miss that. And the audiences are really cool in New York. I mean, LA comics too. They're 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 you know they're nice and they're talented as well. It's it's different. It's hard to kind of explain, but yeah. I feel like it, New York has a bit of it too, but it's a lot more in LA where there are cr- people about the craft of comedy. Like I'm a comedian. And then there's like yeah. the, the other discipline, like the improv or the actor who has an agent who says, take a comedy class. You'll love that too. I mean, someone, kind of told, with that. someone told me, and I think this is true. Like LA is kind of more about image. I mean, there is, there is more it's image here and, you know, fame and influencers. So it's, it's like that thing going on here. So it, yeah, yeah it's different. 
So, so walk me through this. The first time you did comedy, what was like an open mic situation? Did you take a class? Are you just like, I'm doing it for it today? What no, was that I, first day like? Yeah, I came here to be an actor. And, you know, um, I um, I had friends in comedy. Like, I've known Bobby Lee forever. And he actually told me to do stand-up. And I guess he saw something in me. And then um, I was friends with Erica Rhodes, who's also a comedian now. She was an actress. We were on this, like, B-horror film together. And uh, she started doing stand-up, and I was like, wow, that's so cool. I went and saw a show, and I just that's how I just got into it. I was like, you know, I should just try it. And I went to an open mic, and they're actually really supportive. And uh, I don't know, I just got fueled by the laughter. Like, when people start coming, open mic comics started laughing at me. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just yeah. kept going with it, and I just became addicted to it, and I haven't stopped. I haven't even taken a break. Like, I just have continued to do shows after shows for, like, almost 10 years now, so that that's what's up a lot of times it's kind of uh, people who haven't been in open mic situation don't really understand what it is to go to open mic going okay i'm learning mechanics for myself but having no response at all most times but they have the other comics go oh oh you're pretty funny it's kind of which kind is of cool. which is hard to do and a lot of comics yeah. don't want to laugh at you i have no problem with la I, I love supporting comedians i i don't get threatened by most con i like to encourage comics and like hire them and like I don't know, but there is this this competitive, which I hate about that. That's one thing I hate about comedy is the competitive nature about how people act. Yeah, I wish that yeah. would change more. But what do you think accounts for that? Is it because it's such a solo experience being on stage and having that perspective, or it seems to be like a gold rush when it comes to like specials and things like that? I just think people are like that in general. They've been like that in other fields I've worked in, so it's not like entertainment alone. So I, yeah. I don't know. I think I think. You know, there's not, I, I think if you create your own opportunities, that's kind of really important, especially now, like, I mean, the industry is always changing. So it's like, you never know. There's not, there's not like one correct path. Like some, someone might get this, they might get that. And then you see, I mean, it's like up and down and you never know. There's, there's not a whole lot of stability in it. So I think if you're, I think it's great. Like artists are like now producing their own specials, which I'm doing this year. And then I started my podcast again. I think having a podcast and just, writing your own scripts. I mean, that's what you have to do to kind of fuel your creativity and sustain yourself. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I think a lot of times we call it the content play because it sounds like like very cool and buzzworthy, but to be able to have that other material to put your brand out there is super important. But uh, before we talk about your special, I have a question for you, though. Uh, you Do you think, true or false, specials aren't special anymore and it's harder to become special to make a special? Um, yes and no. It just depends. Like I was talking to Liz Miley about this on my pack. I, I yep. think, um, you know, it just depends on the, the cream will rise to the top. I mean, I've seen awful specials on Netflix, but I've seen great specials on YouTube. So I think it doesn't really matter per se. Like, yeah, I mean, there, it is a little, it's, it's an extreme now. I think people think like the, I've been seeing these like new comics just like make specials and I don't know how special they are. Honestly, I think it takes, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I I'm, I'm talented, but I've worked at it and I'm still not as great as I want to be. And I know I can be, but it takes 10, like I literally just started getting a different type of laughter, but that took 10 years to get to that level. Like, it's not, I don't think people understand, like, you know, these people that are great, they've been doing it for 20 years. Like it takes a long time to be like super talented and funny at, at stand up comedy. It's not something that happens, you know, in like five years, but yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, reference the episode with Liz Miley on the Attention Harlot podcast, available now on YouTube, which I had a chance to listen to. Uh, pretty cool to have a broken skull session, if you will, with uh, two luminaries in the comedy space. You talked about what it means to be a comedian. It's also what it means to be a woman in comedy. But what I also loved about it is like the the approach of technique. You know, a lot of times people think from the outside, you just go up there and tell some jokes and it's over. But there really is a, a, a craft to it. And I wonder yeah. about their approach. Uh, what's been your opinion about the shift of that? I felt like, you know, 20 years, 30 years ago, it was take my wife, please. Or is it funny how, but now it's a little bit more than that. No. Yeah. I mean, it's always kind of evolving. I mean, I've always kind of, people have told me I write in a, a unique way. I mean, I do and I don't, I I'm starting to try to lean more towards doing stories myself because I have written a lot of kind of like one liner jokes and like, um, sometimes I'll play around with like Stephen Wright kind of styles, like that old kind of right. Um, and, um, yeah, I used to say, you know, I wasn't going to do touch political humor, but there's really no way not to now. Like you kind of, right, there's so much, it's like, it's hard not, I mean, everyone's kind of a political comic to an extreme now anyway. So True. I always try to be clean. That's one thing I've tried to do, uh, which I mean, and then sometimes I'll write edgy, but um, I think for me, like I, someone was telling me too, it's about like it, every word does count and matter. And so sometimes on stage, like, like I've gotten to a point now where it's like I'm very comfortable almost like kind of improv my jokes like I'll write new jokes and then they just work because I like know that they're gonna work um but yeah I'm always kind of like taking different words I'm like what if I put this word in or take this word out and I'm um, also rhythm I mean I get like just talking about there is so much to it there's like rhythm there's like you know words story what what topic are you even talking about like it's it's just so much to really like yeah. think about and um you know uh it's kind of like i i want to kind of tell jokes where everyone's going to laugh and understand like old young you know whoever you are like you can relate to it i think and then people have told me they're like audience have told you know when i talk to audiences they're like i like jokes that are relatable or they like um and and i get that like i'm trying to do that more where it's not about talking about me like hey you know this is my life which I think after a while you're like, okay, like whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I guess. Uh, yeah. If you talk more about relatable things, then people are like more engaged, right? So, um, yeah. So I'm taking that in consideration and trying to kind of like, yeah, I'm always trying to improve my craft I, and get stage time. And uh, I, I write a lot, you know, still online, and I and I kind of see, you know, people commenting on on jokes I write and. And if I get to me, it is like an open mic. Like I don't, I, if I tell a joke on Twitter and a comedian like laughs at it, I'm like, okay, that's funny. Like, so it, to me, that helps me. Sure. Sure. You know, it's funny when it comes to reliability and material, I feel like everyone has like every comic goes through like this level one relatability um, for black comics. It's I'm black, but mm -hmm. or for, for members of the LGBT community, it's like, here's my coming out story. And, and after I that builds on something else. And Right. I also try to be cognizant. I don't want to, I don't want to come out, you know, I'm a woman and blah, blah, blah. Like, sure. so I, again, it's like, that gets old. Like, yeah. So you want to, you want to have stuff that everyone can relate to and just, um, you know, kind of, I guess Seinfeld was really good with, with doing that. And um, so I should watch him more actually, <laughs> but yeah, I always, I, I watch all comics. I watch all specials just to kind of like see, and that's how I learn too. I like pick apart what they're doing and I, I study it. Did you see uh the latest one, Twenty Three Hours to Kill, uh from Seinfeld? No. Last one? Oh no no yeah I did. That was that was a while ago though, right? It came yeah out yeah. 
Uh, there was the Jerry before Seinfeld, the one he just did his own material. But the Twenty Three Hours to Kill, I liked uh, structurally because the first half was kind of like, kind of like very classic Seinfeld, and I almost feel he was cognizant of, uh, "Hey, look, you guys want more of my my life? Here you go." And the back half goes, "Now you're in my world." He just does all this family stuff, and I go, "Oh wow, I'm actually physically seeing Seinfeld crossover into post postmodern modern comedy. It's pretty sick." So. I'll have to watch that again, but yeah, yeah. Um... yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. So uh, let me ask you about uh, you as a creative. I, I know comedy is one thing. You're also a producer and actor as well. Prefer actor or actress? Actor? It does. I act. I think uh, actors now is like the, the correct term that people use, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Always good to ask. You never know, right? Uh, do you have like an advisory board? Do you have a board of trustees to the CEO company of Jennifer Gable? Who's that? Just curious. <laughs> Uh, it's mostly me. No, I actually, I'm lucky. I have, um, I have like three amazing reps that actually work for me today. And that's, you know, that's uh, great. They, they have given me opportunities and they believe in me. Um, I'm looking for more reps. Of course, I'm always like, you know, trying to, cause it, it's hard to get a rep that's going to work for you. You know, it's one thing to get signed, but it's like, are they going to give you auditions? You know, are they going to give you opportunities and stuff like that? So, sure. um, yeah, so I, I'm, you know, I'm hoping for for more of that. I, I would love that, and um, yeah. So. But on a personal level, do you have like a, a cousin or a family member or a friend you hit up, like, hey, advice, tips, tricks, oh, doing it right, life sucks. Yeah, I do. I've had mentors in the business, um, and I, I do have friends I can rely on. I, yeah, so I, I think that's good to have that. Um, and um, I, I just I listen to a lot of like podcasts too and interviews and I kind of learn from other people's experience too. And like I like Whitney Cummings to me is like a mentor. Like I love listening to her and like and I've met her and, and I just think like women like that, they share about their their experiences with producing. And so I learn from that. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I hear that. It was good to have a mentor. And if you feel like you're a top of the mountain, mentee, right? Mentee City. Uh, so hot off the heels of Don't Encourage Me. It's a brand new special coming out this year. You actually- Oh, actually, working. no, no, no. That, that was an audio. So my, my special is going to have a different title. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, so that was oh, two hour, the two-hour audio special was on encouragement, yes. correct? Yes. And so the one you have coming up is going to be a video special. And um, is... Correct. That's, it's going to be an hour video. So it's going to be some of that material with newer material as well. Absolutely. And let's talk about it then. So what was the decision? What was it say, like, now's the time to release a special and have it on the level that you're having it now in the theater in Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. So again, I just, um, I'm very, I'm a very impatient person. I don't... <laughs> Yeah. I hate waiting. Um, and uh, I just see other people. That's just where the industry is leaning, you know, towards uh, making their own specials. And um, so it's just it's just something that I'm going to utilize as well now. Um, I mean, it might change. So, you know, it's interesting with this whole writer's strike, uh, I, I think is going to change the industry again, um, hopefully to, to, you know, so it'll be better for artists because a lot of the streaming um, services kind of, uh you know, it, it's good and it's bad. It's like artists aren't really getting paid what they used to. Right. And, right. um, and I know Netflix, I, well, I won't, there was something that happened. I want with someone special. And I, I, I think Netflix stopped wanting to produce as many, I don't know. I don't yeah. know, but I, it seems like now people are selling their own specials and, and shows. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I love, writing and i want to be more uh, a part of the wga too so and that's that's the next step for me and just kind of like working with wga more 
So that's also a part of the episode for a lot of creators, though. But let's talk about the Los Angeles like culture, though. You just said it before that sometimes it can be competitive. You decide to do this video special, but I guess the team came out like Voltron, the Avengers, to help you out. What was that like to get people to be on board to help you produce this? Like you know, like you can't. Um, win your- yeah, I mean, no, it's it's you just have to find good people again that are professional. And um, I, I, you know, someone someone said directing is eighty percent casting, and I believe that's true, right? So. I think with my last project too, like I made this pilot and then I made a short film before and you really, you do have to pick the best people. You need a good DP. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to it. And if someone's like on drugs or if someone's drama, like it's not going to work out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, so you just have to really choose wisely. Yeah. How can and, fans, and, you know, I'm sorry, I cut you off there. I mean, just like interviewing and, um, I don't know. I just try to have an intuitive sense. Sometimes I, I usually I'm right. You know, sometimes I'm wrong, but right. I mean, that's kind of like the nature of the game, right? Good as a character. Why not? People, I mean, uh, I had a girl, I had a girlfriend early on in comedy and we're not friends anymore. And I don't, I mean stuff. I, I don't know. I try to be cool with everyone. And if it's like, if they don't like me, I'm like, whatever. It's like, who cares? Like, <laughs> you can't please everyone. Like, I, I don't know. Is it really a small town within a small town in the comedy scene? Um, I mean, kind of, right? I mean, there's so many comedians, though. Um, I, I think I kind of know everyone from the, I mean, there, again, there's a lot of people I still haven't even really met. I mean, there's so many of us. That's the thing, like, yeah. What was interesting is, uh, so we did a couple shows together uh, at the, what's the bar show in Orange County? Oh, I forget what it was. Okay, I was... Probably. I was, I was, yeah, I was with uh, uh, Amir Weiss, Najibi, uh, one of those couple of those appearances or whatnot. And uh, being able to work a crowd uh, is is something that we talk about as a technical skill, but it really is like fighting a fire. Each crowd is different. And so I could see uh, sometimes being a little prickly if you have to be, right, to make sure that people have a good time. So uh, I think you know. someone said to me, too, like, you have to have likability. And if you're not a good person, people are going to feel that and they're not going to like you on stage. I think likability has a lot to do with if you're generally if you're genuinely a good person people are gonna like you and i think that you know what i mean like reads on stage yeah, yeah. so do you have a dream role uh within the comedy oh, space yeah. the acting stuff and what's that like so i love acting like uh in, like i playing like an evil character like a serial killer or something i think that's so fun just because I'm not that in real life like you can't do that <laughs> like i don't know i think that that would be so fun just to those are <laughs> And I, I always get cast as like I haven't I haven't done that yet, but yeah. So like big bad prestige TV serial killer or like I Law get, and Order. I've like, got cast a lot as like the FBI detective, cop. What else have they casted? So so I find that interesting. Uh, and but but nothing like I guess FBI is kind of sneaky, right? A role. So, but um, I think any yeah, I I love acting. I, I've done it um, here and there, and uh, you know it's. I've been on so many sets, you know, doing, I've done a lot of background acting. And so I, I just love being on set. It's so fun. And I'm just so comfortable. I've done stand-in work and uh, you know, someone was talking about acting. It's, it's really, you gotta be in the, in the scene, the camera will pick up everything. Like all your thought. I mean, it's like, it is hard to be a good actress. Like it's or actor. It's, it's definitely a skill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had one acting role in my entire life. And it was uh, recently too. It was a, not say by accident. It was a commercial and it was non-union. So, hey, hey what's going on? Uh, I thought of like one line, like download the app today. But I showed up and it was like the whole script was mine. 
I was like, wow. oh no, this is this is actually a whole new thing. They change it last minute. Don't you love that? I think too, like being a comic and just improving, like it really helps too. Like when I when I made my pilot, when I make my projects, I love my actors just to improv, and it's it's so amazing when they do. Everything clicks. Everything gets the mm -hmm. material. It's kind of cool to see that come to life sometimes. Yeah. So on the show, you usually ask uh, all the creatives some questions to get to know them a little bit better. I won't call it lightning round because there's only three of them. <laughs> but uh, so uh, if you had a day off, if you believe in those, how do you spend a day off there? I believe in those. No, I do. I um I do work a lot. I, I like to keep busy. I'm just a very hyperactive person. I've always been like this. Um, I'm like just very yeah. energetic. I love singing, dancing. I'm, um, and just like yeah jogging i i go i jog and i go to the beach i love the beach um just being outside in nature hiking um anything like athletic uh, biking it's just very good for my mental health i mean like it's very stressful sometimes pursuing entertainment you need that release you need that yeah so i mean life is stressful you just you need exercise so that's yeah. the i love the exercise are, are you close to the trails at the beach like um, yeah, I, I love staying close to the beach. I, okay. I've done a lot of trail. I don't do like Runyon Canyon. There's too many people there. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I, I'm with that too. Like I live here in Culver city. And so there's like the Culver mm. stairs as opposed to the Culver steps, which is the new mall downtown. <laughs> uh, the Culver stairs is so crowded. You're like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> health is my passion. It's but... such a scene. Yeah. 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 It's like, a, it's like a 25 minute hike. You're like, all right. All right. Um, what what would you say is your favorite junk food? My favorite junk food? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I love food. Um, I love chips <laughs> and dip. I love chips and guacamole, chips and like salsa. I don't know why. I love nachos. It's like yeah. yeah. So you're more of a salty person? Salt, salt or sweet? I try to be like really healthy and like talking about acting. I mean, like I know it's and that's all kind of changing. Like now they want realer people, and I think the the weight thing it does suck. Like you're you do. The camera adds 10 pounds. I don't know why, but it does. It sucks. I hate it. And like, I've noticed I gained weight over COVID. I'm like, shit. So yeah. I try to like stay fit and like drink smoothies. And yeah, I try to eat pretty healthy. Yeah, I I do the whole running at home because it's really, very free. But I just, I broke down and enjoyed the gym last week because you're right. There was like four cameras on me when I saw myself. I was like, holy crap. COVID ain't no joke. Uh, I'm totally with that. For me, though, I would do anything, uh, burgers or steak or beef Wellington. I'm just like a, a just a meat, potatoes, and flaky crust guy. Uh, so a lot of us collect something. What do you collect? Ooh, I love collecting. I, uh, my new thing is rocks and crystals. I don't know if like the charge <laughs> like crystals or like, age. uh, someone asked me, I'm not a witch. I don't do witchcraft, but like, I believe, I don't know. I just like metaphysics, like I'm kind of like a spiritual person. I'm very open-minded. So I'm into all this, like, I don't know. I'm into a lot of things, but I, I like rocks and crystals. So I collect those recently. Um, and then behind me, which you can't see, but my real, I have like stuffed animals, like little figurines and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you charge those crystals or no? I don't. I, I I'm not. I don't have time. Yeah, I'm not that into it. But uh, <laughs> I'm wearing one right now, and okay. they're fun. They're fun. Why not? Yeah, I can I'm use extra. It, I'm not that I can use extra good energy. You know what I mean? Like, why yeah. not? Yeah. What? And this is kind of a sidetrack here. But when did you decide that you were more spiritual? It was like a aha moment. Was kind of like, oh, this speaks to me, man. Like, what? Oh, so, like? so I've been sober for a really long time. I um. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I had a problem with alcohol. I've talked about, and I it's how I know a lot of comedians, a lot of industry people are in. I mean, hey, hey, like I don't care about saying. I mean, I don't. I I'm open about it. People now are more open about their sobriety and stuff than they used to be. And um, 
No, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, I think it ran in my family genetically. And, um, I, when I was 21, I was at the bar like all the time and I was drinking all the time and I got sober at like 21. I got sober really young. And, um, so with the program of AA, it's, it's like a spiritual program. People think it's religious, which it's not. Um, so with, so with all that, yeah, I, I became spiritual, spiritual, whatever that means, but yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough. No shade. Congratulations on your journey. Um, and, and lastly, what is on your travel bucket list, either personally or there's venues you have to perform in? Well, let's know we want to go visit and, my and travel booklet, uh, yeah. bucket list. Yeah, I, I have yet to perform at Comedy Cellar and the Magic, what is it? Not Magic Hut, the Magic Club, Comedy Mag Club, Comedy Magic Club, and Hermosa. Yeah, that, one, that one, yeah, those are the only, I think those are the only two clubs. Yeah, I've never, so I want to perform in those two clubs and I want to go to Europe and perform um i have some european comedian friends and like um i think i was going yeah i want to tour europe just all over the world why not it'd be fun yeah, yeah. i didn't know if you had like a particular country like oh man i gotta go through copenhagen um, well, it's a country it's a city I I'm I'm like i'm trying to think if there's one um yeah anywhere really yeah. Good to know. I mean, look, if, if it takes off, do not turn down any opportunity to go out there and tell right. jokes and get paid for it. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, mean so, I mean, like I'll tour locally, but honestly, like, it, unless you're like super huge and it, there's really not a lot of money in touring. I don't think people know that for a lot of comics, they, they go broke like touring. And so it's like, that's, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You don't want to, I mean, like, I understand putting the money where your mouth is and investing, but you want to, like, put yourself in a position to put yourself on the street by going on the street right, tour. Exactly. Right, exactly. Which a lot of comics have, have, unfortunately, that's what happens with a lot of people. But, yeah, before I they think it, or, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's from a place where it's like, we don't know what the next level is. You get to a certain part and you're like, do I tour now? Do I get well, a special now? Like, what, what happens? Yeah, now? I mean, it's like these comedy clubs need to pay us more. I think they're starting to. I mean, that was, you know, a big debate back in the day. And, uh, again, I just, yeah, I hope artists get paid more that for what we're worth. We're worth it. Artists should be paid more, just like teachers, you know, so. That's true. But, I mean, as long as bringer shows exist, especially this time, <laughs> right? Bring nine nine guests. You get three minutes on stage. You're like, okay. Oh, I think okay. that's changing more. I like to pay artists. And I, I've been on a lot of shows lately. And people pay me, like, gas money. And it's great. Like, it's I love it. So, yeah, it's kind of like a more of a respect issue. It's kind of like, I know this is a small house. I can see it's a small house. As long as you're trying to give me something, I appreciate right. that. Right. Um, but yeah, that's great. That's something I have to get myself back into. So we're talking about this a little bit offline. I was on a hiatus I didn't see coming. Uh, and of course, you can always do the old stuff. But I kind of was like, no, I want a new perspective out of a pandemic. I pretty much write myself into a corner where it's like, oh, my next joke, I swear. So I have to get back out there myself. So to be able to sit and chat with someone who's doing it, it's always good to hear those positive vibes. So thank oh, you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. If I wanted to engage with you, follow you, understand what's coming up, join your mailing list if you have it, how do I go about doing that? Yeah, so um, I'm pretty easy to find. Jennifer Gable. Um, I'm on like every platform. Just Google me. You'll find me. Oh, there you yeah. go. Find my name. Yeah. That took me 15 years to say that. And when I did, I was so hyped. I was like, global voice. Google it. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being a new Amazon regular podcast for creators, thinkers, and doers. And hopefully uh, we'll have you back in a future episode. We'll definitely be checking your stuff out as it's released. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's 
K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs> <laughs>